Hello beautifuls, welcome back to Her Sexual Space Podcast. I am your host, Janice Leonard, licensed professional counselor and sex therapist in Texas and Colorado. In this episode, I am chatting with Imani Huff. Imani and I connected through clinicians of color and are now neighbors who enjoy Friday morning walks and talks. Imani is an alumna of Texas Tech University, where she gained her master's in mental health counseling. She has since become licensed in Texas and Colorado and now own and practice at Honor Your Process Counseling, PLLC. She enjoys teaching BIPOC women how to create lives filled with pleasure. She offers individual counseling to women who want to reconnect to their values and live more balanced lives. I'm so glad that she's here with us today. Welcome to the podcast, Imani. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so glad that we can finally sit and chat. Typically, we'll be walking by the lake and talking about life. Yes, Um, yes, absolutely. (laughs) But today... Yes, but today we're on here and we're having a conversation that we're sharing with the world. Right. And they'll get a first exactly. a first seat yeah. into our little chit chats. Yeah, I love that. And um yeah, so they're just gonna just listen to a lot of the conversations that we have when we're out walking and when we're talking. Um, so welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you. So if you don't mind, just share with us um, how you show up in the world, purpose, ethnicity, sexual orientation, relationship style. How do you show up? Hi. Yes, sure. So I am a cis hetero black woman. Okay, my people are from the Bayou. Just kidding, from New Orleans. Um, I am a direct descendant of chattel slavery, um, and I am um, in a monogamous marriage with my honey, who I love, my husband. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that. That certainly yeah. gives us a little, little insight, a little, you know. Right. you into into your life right 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 yeah so tell us about your you know tell us about the life you've created for yourself and you know how did you get here oh girl so you've heard this a little bit before um but i'm going to let the viewers um in on this so um my work um for myself and the work that i do um with my clients or centered around helping black women live lives that are filled with pleasure. Um, And in particular, living a life that is filled with pleasure that is not being built on people pleasing and self-betrayal. Okay. Because that has been something that I have done for many, many, many years, but I'm free now, you know, so now I can talk to y'all about it because your girl is, you know, I'm over that. Thank you, Lord. But, um, but yes, yeah, so um, for, for many, many, many years, um, I would call myself someone that was functioning, but was deeply depressed. 
Um, I think that I had a very distorted relationship with strength, Um, but that is nothing (laughs) that is new. Um, I see it in my clients. I see it in friendships. Um, I see it in a lot of black women. And so I am not um, an anomaly there, right? Um, I'm pretty sure, Jen, you can even think of other women of color who also has very distorted (laughs) relationship with strength. Um, And so that was my story. I was that girl. I was miserable um, for many, many, many years because I was trying to get through school and I was getting through it in the worst possible way I could. And so um, I had to go on a journey of breaking that relationship that I had with strength and creating a relationship with joy and peace and pleasure. Um, And so that's a little bit about my journey. Um, In particular, um, when I think about Black women and the relationship that we, I'm going to say we because I don't want anybody to feel singled out and because I believe in collective consciousness, but um, when I think about the relationship that Black women that we have with strength and being strong, I think about, you know, where does that come from, right? Like, where does that tie come from? And I was on TikTok This week, actually, and I was just scrolling through because that's what I do in my free time. I love me some TikTok. And I came up on Barrels of Laughs. Have you heard about that, Jen? Uh, No. Okay, girl. So I'm about to to tell you. So the Barrels of um, Laughs is where Black bodies, when we were still um, slaves, um, Black bodies were not able to externally show pleasure or strong emotions. And so whenever they would need to laugh, they would have to laugh into barrels. Um, And I think that's where the barrels of laughs comes from. Um, I think I've heard the term. I don't know if I Yeah, Yeah, you probably did. You probably did. But I hadn't. I mean, I think I had heard it in passing a few times. Um, But when I was thinking about the work that I do and the connection, again, that Black women have, with strength, right? They weren't able to express strong emotions. That's kind of like a lot of the clients that I see today. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and, and I so, see it in my clients as well and, and even in my in family. Yeah. Um, and it's really, really sad. And I think the issue with some of our people is that they don't know how to express themselves outside of anger and strength. It's, you know, when we're talking specifically about black women and, you know, when I think about how I can help women of color live a life filled with pleasure, I'm thinking of feelings of happiness and enjoyment and pleasure and satisfaction and peace and freedom. That's what pleasure would signify for me. And so really helping my clients learn something different and make different decisions. And that's the journey I had to take, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I know oftentimes with that, it is uh, the lack of balance, I find. Mm Because I I do feel like when I look back on my own um, family and the environment within which I was raised, I did see there were little pockets of pleasure, but more so it's that 
people, you know, I, I have to do everything or, um, you know, I'm the breadwinner. I am, I'm the person who handles everything, every problem. I'm the fixer. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. And you talk about strength and those mm-hmm. all the things I'm thinking about. So there were little pockets of it, you know, and, and I wanted to, if it's, if it's the idea of not balancing that, if it's more of, um, you know, I need to take care of everybody. I need to fix every problem, but also 10% of that it's about mm. me or it's about the joy I can experience in my own life, you know? And I feel like maybe, you know, maybe for our people, it was when it came to intimacy and then, and sex. I wonder if that's the only place where that was gathered, you know, or one of the only places that was gathered. And I think we're seeing that now, right? When I think about my grandmother, I don't think she had a thriving sex life. I don't think she was prioritizing pleasure at all. I think now women, as far as sexual liberation, are really starting to kind of take up space in that area. But I think it's really fairly new because something that I tell my clients all the time, I say less strength and more vulnerability. Less strength, because you got that down pat. Most of the time, the women that we're thinking of, they know how to be strong. Oh, yeah, we're trained. We're trained we're, for that. Right, <laughs> right, right. We we know we got that down pat. So, yeah. but they don't know how to be vulnerable. They don't know how to show up differently. They don't know how to take some of that pressure off. They don't know how to not people please. They don't know how to live their lives for themselves. They know how to live their lives for their children. They know how to live their lives for their community, right? We got to be the best. We got to be stronger than everybody else. If one person fall, it looks bad on all of us, right? So there's all of this pressure that we put on ourselves. All this stress that we put up, that we put on our shoulders. And then you're right. I think a lot of us, when it comes to the bedroom, for some I think that that is an area where they can let go and be taken care of. But I don't even know the percentages on that. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. Right, right. How, how do you find, so let's go into balance. How do you find the balance? You know, so with all of those things that are stacked against us, especially as women, how do you work with your clients to find something that looks like balance. I don't work with balance until I know what my client's value systems are. Mm. So that is one of the first sessions that we did because it wasn't until I had to hone in on my value systems that I was able to go after those things that would bring me balance. Yeah. So when I was depressed and miserable and living my life for the approval of other people, Mm -hmm. I was living my life for the approval of, of, of other people. So when I sat down and I really thought about what was going to bring me joy, then I started working towards those things. So for example, for me, my value systems are authenticity, pleasure, and gratitude. If I couldn't be in environments and feel like I could be my authentic self, that was already a red flag. Mm-hmm. Already. 
right? So once I started to change my environment, get around places and people and things that allowed me to be my authentic self, what did that do? That bring me some joy. That's where the balance comes in. I can hold you accountable to the things that you say matter most to you. But you'll always be like, I think about a light being off in you in a completely dark room and you're like on the ground, graveling, trying to find balance. You know how hard that's going to be? Yeah. Yeah. But once you start to find your values, those three things Mm -hmm. that you can have that's going to change your world, then it's almost like little diamonds that light up the room that's on the ground. You can go towards the diamonds mm-hmm. when you know what you're looking for, right? Exactly. And I explain it to my clients as, you know, that internal compass. You know, mm-hmm. once you have that, everything else starts to make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Know? That's such and a good you can eliminate. Good yeah, you can eliminate the things that don't fall into that's right. So don't line up, don't align. That's right. I love that, Janice. And two, I think when you talk about the internal um, compass, I look mm-hmm. at that as a form of social justice. Mm-hmm. When you're able to live your life filled with pleasure, when you're able to laugh out loud and you don't got to run to barrels, when you can live a life that brings you freedom and joy and peace, That is an act of social justice Mm. because your ancestors didn't have that privilege. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, I think with me and my journey, um, I am a Christian um, and I was in a heavily, I was in a Christian environment. And so I think there was a lot of self-denial. Um, And so, and I'm a newlywed, right? I talked about being married. I'm a newlywed. um, And my husband uh, was my first sexual partner. Um, But I think for me specifically, when we talk about sexual pleasure, there was a part of me that I felt like I had to cut off Mm. in order to be a good Christian. Right. I didn't feel like pleasure was my birthright because I wasn't married. And my heart aches for me. (laughs) My heart aches for me and my heart aches for other women. Um, And again, right, being in alignment to your value system. I'm not telling people to go out there and do anything that would make them feel uncomfortable. But I know for me personally, there were things that I could have done to stay connected to my sexual identity. Things like, um, you know, Dancing, right? Moving my hips, being intentional about that. Yoga. Mm. I do yoga. And when I tell you, I feel so connected to my sexuality. I feel so connected to my femininity when I'm doing yoga. Going pantyless, going commando. Mm. (laughs) When you're wearing dresses and different things like that. Going commando when you're going to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Wearing clothes that make you feel sexy. I didn't do that. I didn't wear clothes that made me feel sexy because I felt like, oh, I don't want to, you know, ooh, that, that, that's too risque. There was so much of myself that I cut off out of fear and people pleasing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely. So let's maybe talk about, you know, a little bit of just how you were able to 
get to where you are um, in spite of, you know, because, you know, we have no shortage of internal stress and mm-hmm. <laughs> external stresses. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did that look like for you? I wonder what boundaries maybe you had to set and, and then what are some things that you had to <laughs> really come down to for yourself in order to just protect your own internal harmony? Absolutely. So it was a journey for me. Um, I had, again, I was in my master's program. And so um, I had other um, people in my life that was also going and learning um, how to become counselors. And I had one friend in particular who called me out on my, my shit one day and had me in tears um, she told me basically, you know, I don't think you want to be happy. You know, I, I, I don't. I don't think you want to be happy. Um, hey, Kelsey, if you ever hear this girl, I'm talking about you. Um, she, but she was like, yeah, I don't think you want to be happy. I think you actually enjoy being miserable. Um, she was like, because I think if you really want it different, you would do different. And I think that you are a lot more comfortable in your misery than you think you are. And That's I was a message. bawling, bawling. I mean, she called me out. And the beautiful thing about being called out is that now the ball is in your court. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do with that? I could exactly. I could never unhear that. I could never unhear that. And I was like, OK, I don't want to be unhappy. I don't want this to be my portion in life. I deserve to be happy. And if that means I got to do some stuff different, that's what I'm going to have to do. And that's exactly what I started doing. And people were not happy with me. I got shamed a lot um, Mm -hmm. in the Christian community about um, being, you know, living a life filled with with pleasure. I had people tell me, you know, well, what's going to happen when you become a mother? What's going to happen when you become a wife? You ain't just going to be able to, to get up and stop doing stuff because you don't feel like doing it anymore. So because I was prioritizing myself, that really upset other people because they were used to having access to me, right? In a different way. And I tell my clients now, you know, yeah, when you do things differently, be ready for the backlash. You know, it's normal for people to have that reaction. It's completely normal for that. Mm -hmm. You just can't let that stop you from moving forward in your life. And so I continued to move forward because once I got a taste of what my life could be like, I said, to hell with that. They could have that. Sorry. You, sorry. I'm not signing up for this another day. And so for me, I wanted my relationship with joy to be stronger than any relationship I had to strength. And having to be strong and having to show up even when I didn't feel like it. I didn't want that to be a part of my core value system anymore. And I was willing to do something different. And it was hard because, again, right, I talk about your life being filled with pleasure, not being built on people pleasing and self-betrayal. So having to break that relationship with people pleasing and having people look at me differently was was hard. But my reward was far greater than any opinion anybody else had of me. 
Because yeah, I was people pleasing and I was showing up for you, but I was miserable. You was happy with what you were getting from me and I was miserable. That was too heavy of a price. And I couldn't sell myself out like that anymore. Yeah. You so, know, as you say, that reminds me. I, I told you I was reading, um, I guess I must have messaged a group. Um, I was reading Burnout um, by Emily and Amelia Nagotsky. And they talk about the human giver syndrome, mm-hmm. where we, uh, we have this belief that we need to take care of everything and, and be mm-hmm. so attentive mm-hmm. to what the people's needs and continuously just give and give and give to the point of depletion mm-hmm. and, and burnout. And I have seen that so much even mm-hmm. growing up and, and I knew that I didn't want to do that. And I did it up until a point in my adult life and then I was like, what? I felt myself becoming so uh, resentful and that's right. so sad because yeah. I wasn't doing the things I wanted to do. And I had so many dreams and passions and I was just continuously just feeding into other people's needs. That's right. You know? And neglecting your own. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it really, because I, I just remember being so lonely and um, so unhappy and um, it was just a really, really hard time. I wasn't dating anybody. I was like, I want to be married. I was at the church five, six, seven days a week. I was miserable. Um, and it wasn't until I started to do something different that I met my husband. And look at me now. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that sometimes you have to pick yourself. And women are not taught that. Women are praised, specifically black women. We're praised for giving and giving and giving to our own demise. How many times have we been to a funeral or we've heard someone and and we hear, you know, how she was always there for people and how she gave her last. And we pray. We don't even realize that we're doing that. But we're yeah. praising people. <laughs> Can I just say that I am triggered when I hear the word like selfless. Like mm-hmm. it, it makes me wonder about that mm-hmm. person's mental health. Like, yeah, she yep. did all that, but did anyone check in to see right. if she was really good? That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know. That's right. We praise our women for giving their last. And I mean, it's 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 self-sacrificial. It's self-sacrificial, and I'm not and I'm not saying that in a good way at all. You can be beautiful and you can be giving and you can be kind and generous in balance. In balance. So yeah. I love it. So let's explore, you know, I think you've maybe tapped into what some of that can look like, um, you know, what the pleasure-centered life can look like. I wonder, um, oh, how, when you walk walk through that with your clients and they're processing some of that for the first time, what do you show them that that could look like for them based on where they are mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in their own stages and, and phases of life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, and so I think this is when I'm going to be, I'm going to, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that. But um, what I will say is people that don't have a lot of religious restrictions are a lot easier 
to walk through this with. I find it a little bit more difficult for the ones that, you know, more religious. Because again, a lot of times, and these are not always messages that are very overt. A lot of times these are very covert messages for women, but you have to cut off that, right? These are the messages that they're getting. You got to cut off that sexuality piece because if you don't, you're going to open a door. You ain't going to be able to close, right? Um, Pandora's box, all this fear rhetoric, right? And so it makes pleasure and sexuality a bad thing. And it's having to unlearn these things, right? It's having to tell women, you know, um, I was on Facebook um, and I saw somebody celebrating their um, 10 plus years of celibacy. And it was a celebration. I was like, okay, that's amazing. That's beautiful. But the next thought I wanted to, the the next question I wanted to ask her was, hey, sis, how are you staying connected to your sexuality? I didn't ask her that, but I wanted to, right? Because my question is always the balance piece, right? And so again, I think it's wearing clothes that make you feel sexy, Right. For some people, that's going to be something that's form fitting for other people. That's going to be something that has the back out for other people. That's something that's going to have the shoulder out, Um, making sure even in um, your undergarments. Right. Having sexy pieces. Now, sexy pieces doesn't always mean lingerie. For the women that are like, oh, you know, it's too risque for me. I don't want to be getting my mind in that direction, which I understand. But have a good, cute two two set, like a two piece, right? Have some cute shorts and a cute little form fitting T-shirt. And of course, we're talking about the ones that are that are on the more extreme side of their religious beliefs. Um, Going pantyless to bed, reading books like Come As You Are. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think we're, we're talking to women who have already done the, done that work. But I know for a lot of persons, like even as you say that, there are things that I, I can't even imagine. And yeah, it could be phase of life, you know, like my mm-hmm, mom, my mm-hmm. aunts. I don't, I cannot imagine them suddenly shifting, you know, their behaviors around how they dress and what type of panties they wear and that sort of thing. So I wonder if it's for someone who has already done the work, getting into that place. So for someone who hasn't done that work, I wonder what are like some small tips of pleasure. And it doesn't have to be any, it doesn't have to be in the sexuality realm. I'm wondering if there's mm-hmm. like other things that could start doing, right? So mm-hmm, even make mm-hmm. space and make time you know, for For themselves. So if we're not talking about the sexuality part, then I would have them say no more and say yes more. So I would probably give them a homework assignment. Like, Hey, I want you to use the word no three times this week. And I want you to say yes to yourself two times this week and whatever that would look like for them giving them free autonomy of what their yeses is going to be and what their noes is going to be. Yeah. Right. Having And I like giving them variations, right? Of how uh you can say no. Because even that word 
from childhood were taught you don't say no, you know? And that's why I like to use the word no, right? Because it's more autonomous. It's very direct, right? And so people that struggle, I probably wouldn't have them say no three times. I say, say no once this week or in the next two weeks. But using that vocabulary, you got to start somewhere and you got to be willing to show up for yourself because ain't nobody going to do the work for you. Yeah. No one's, no one's to coming you. to save you. Come on now, Jay. Nobody's coming to save you. It is work to say no. That is the work. That's why I got my I got my little my little shoulders up like, yeah, that's you know, that's that's the work. And if you're struggling with that, with saying no, then we got to do some self-esteem work. We got to do some boundaries work. But the goal is to get you to that no. And guess what? And this is definitely going to be down the road, but with no explanation afterwards. I'm so sorry. I can't do that. No, thank you. No, that's not going to work for me. I love that. Thank you for. But I'm a little. But I am very much so direct. I am a very direct woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my training had me be very direct. I was in a room full of men mm-hmm. in jail. Like I, it had to be very direct. Um, yeah. And so, but that is the work. That is the work. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, you know, what are we already doing great? So I like when persons come in, um, I can point out what you're, you know, because sometimes they come in and they feel so defeated already. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. like to highlight, these are something yeah. you're already doing great. And then we'll add on or we'll grow on pleasure practices. So mm-hmm. I wonder, based on what you see as a collective, um, mm-hmm. what is something you see that we are already doing great? And um, obviously you've shed some growth areas, but where do you already see that? Oh, good question. So I know like there's this one person in particular I'm thinking of. And I think that as a collective, women of color are some of the most innovative, creative, loving, passionate people that I know. Um passionate about family, passionate about friendship, passionate about the connections that they have in their lives. As women, our connections are our stepping stool. That is our building blacks. And a lot of my work is is centered around helping you with the connection you have with yourself. But the fact that they do have such strong connections is a great thing. The fact that they have skills, social skills with the, the people that they have created communities with is an amazing thing. Their protective factors usually are amazing. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Usually like top notch. <laughs> That's usually always down pat. The fact that they have these such strong rooted connections are always such a pleasure for me to see because that is something that's very important in our communities. Um, so that's something that I always see. That's something that I always give praise to is their ability to be able to keep and maintain their connections to, to people into organizations um, and to their community. So that's something that I always 
like to praise my clients for. Another thing that I really find that my clients do or they are very committed people. Once they commit to something, normally they're seeing it through. And I can even see that with the work that they do with themselves. Usually once they come to me, their minds are made up. They're not wishy-washy. If they want to work on something, they're willing to put in the work. And that's That's half the battle right there. Yeah. And I hope for a woman, you know, hearing this, I hope that is empowering to know that you are already weaning, right? In some of these areas, it sounds like it's just having, you know, I guess the next question would be, where do you feel like you might need boundaries in some of these connections? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where do you feel like you might need boundaries for yourself so you can also mm-hmm. feel like you're thriving? Um, and I tell my know. clients too all the time, these skills are transferable. If you can do mm-hmm. it with them, you can do it with yourself. If you can stay committed to that, you can stay committed to yourself. That's not the issue. That's not the problem. You can mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, You can do it, ladies. What about phase of life and season? So do you feel like there are some seasons where we we just have to take what's coming? <laughs> yes. Take what's coming and yes. um <laughs> Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> My mother used to always tell me when I was younger, this is one thing I'm so grateful for my mom. I need to tell her this today, but she never made me feel like I had to stay committed to anything. Right. Like my mother would be like when I was in high school <laughs> and there would be jobs that I didn't like and stuff. My mom would be like, Imani, this is a part time job. Quit. OK, there are going to be some times where you got to stay committed. These ain't one of them times. OK, um, when I was miserable. In school, my mother would tell me, girl, come home. You can transfer, okay? Like, come home. So my mother never really made me feel like I could never say no. She never made me feel like I couldn't say no. That's beautiful. Um, and, but I say all of that to say that there are times now as my adult, with my in my marriage, you know, there are some things that I can't say no to. Um, I'm not talking about sex, y'all, okay? I ain't talking about that type of stuff. But... <laughs> but yes there are some things that I do have to stay committed to Um, but guess what guys I'm okay with that because I'm deciding those things for myself I'm in control of that nobody else it ain't built on people pleasing and it damn sure ain't been built on self betrayal you sign up for those things that you know you have to get through where it's just a season, where it's just a time, and that it will pass. You have you have power even in those decisions. And if you don't, you need to go talk to somebody. Yeah. And I think that is what makes those seasons easier for me, mm-hmm. is knowing that I even have control and what I'm going to sign up for the season of toughness, of tribulation. Lovely, lovely. Hmm. That's a lot to to marinate on. (laughs) Yeah, because I think sometimes, right, right. And I'm so, like I said, I'm so grateful for my mother because, again, she never made me feel like I couldn't say no. I was always the one that's like, no, I gotta, gotta stay at the part-time job. (laughs) Mama would be looking at me like, girl, what the hell is wrong with you? Quit. You ain't happy? Just quit, girl. 
Um, <laughs> but again, right? Even with my friend going, we've been, you know, making this whole thing come back around. Even my friend telling me, I don't think you want to be happy. You're choosing to commit to this. You're choosing to stay in this thing. You don't want to be happy. And now, guess what? I, there are still things in my life, y'all. Life is not peaches and cream 24-7. There are still things in my life that aren't easy. But guess who has full autonomy and full control? Me. Mm -hmm. That makes a world of difference. Lovely. So let's, you know, in the essence of time, <laughs> I hope time is going by so quickly. How can our homes, our community, and society at large benefit from the well-balanced woman? Because I think sometimes it thrives on the back of, Ooh, like you said, girl. strength, you know, the strong black woman. I can do everything, but how can they benefit from the well-balanced woman? How have you seen that play out? Mm, I love this. I, when you said that, I thought about work smarter, not harder. Mm. We think that we're profiting when we're receiving everything from women that are running on E, but we're not. We're not getting the best of women when they're on E. We're not getting the best of women when their back is up against the wall. You're actually getting, getting crumbs. Mm. And so being in charge of your yeses guarantees that when a woman of color does say yes to you, you damn sure getting her best, mm. not the crumbs. Right. And so I think that when a woman is well balanced, then we are allowing her to tap in. And guess what? I ooh, This is good. I tell my clients this all the time. When your yes is built on obligation, it's not a real yes. But when you're built, but when your yes is coming from love, that's a real yes. And so when society come on now, come on now. And so when society is getting our yes when we're well balanced. That's like 200% compared to a 50% when my back is up against the wall and I'm yeah. forcing myself to get through it. Do that, yeah. Yeah. I love so that. I think that speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Any final words for our, our listeners? Any one message that if anything you want them to take away from, from this um, episode? You know, I want you to remember that it is an act of social justice for you to lean into your vulnerabilities and your sexual identity. And when you're living your life filled with pleasure. And I also want you to think about the relationship that you have to strength. Okay. And I want the relationship you have to joy and peace and freedom to be stronger than any relationship that you've built in strength. So the social justice piece and the relationship you have to strength. Go in peace, ladies. <laughs> I don't know why I feel compelled to say amen. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> silly. <laughs> You're so silly. 
I'm going to need fulfilling. <laughs> any, any book recommendations, um, anything that you typically recommend? And of course, I'll put those in the show notes as well. Um, you recommend or you might be reading right now. Relating sure, sure, to- sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's sure. a self-love workbook for women. Um, and it's um, to release self-doubt, build self-compassion and embrace who you are. It's by Megan Logan. Um, she's a master of social work and a licensed clinical social worker. It's by Megan Logan. And the book is called Self-Love. And I use this a lot with my clients. Um, like a lot. It's a pretty thick book. Um, so I think that that is a really, really, really good resource. Um and then the next one I would probably say would be, of course, the book Boundaries by Henry mm. Cloud and John Townsend. I just always think that that is a really, really good book um, yeah. to read and settle with. Um, so those would probably be my two recommendations. Mm-hmm. So I would say start There's there. There's actually a new book on Boundaries by another um, clinician of color. I'm trying to remember her name. Is it, um, oh, I think I know you, you talking about Khalil. Oh, what's the, oh, dang it. I think it's, I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, maybe a quick I Amazon. Oh, yes. I think it's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. Um, mm. and it's by Talib. I'm lying to you. That's not her name. Her name Nedra. is Nidra Gloves. Nedra. Yeah. Yeah. Nidra mm-hmm. Glover. Um, yeah. yeah, in her so that's another good towers. Yeah. So yes, mm-hmm. yes, I've, I have that. I haven't read all of it yet, okay. um, but I love her Instagram. So I'm yeah. sure it's just way down with gems. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners who are not, and I like that you brought up a workbook. Um, I also have a uh, it's a 40 day journal of daily encouragement and self reflection. It's by another black clinician. Um, it's Hey Sis. Um, Ooh, it covers write that one down. All, the things, all the things. And I started using it in the middle of, not in the middle, but as I was transitioning into this uh, phase of life, um, I wanted to just really just check everything, just make sure that the decisions I was making, everything was aligning the way I wanted to, so I didn't get stuck in that human giver syndrome <laughs> and burnout right, right. Uh, because it's so easy to fall into that trap and being able to say, you know, choosing your yeses and your noes. Um, for me, this has been a season of there's some things I have to resign from, you know, there's some things I have yeah. to turn down yeah. um, to maintain my peace. And That's um, right. That's for me, right. that was so, so important. And, and I'm still mm-hmm. constantly reevaluating where I am and um, what needs to go, what needs mm-hmm. to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I encourage women to constantly do that. You know, even as many times a year as, as needed. <laughs> right, right. And even right. in our relationships, what's serving you, what's not serving you anymore. You know. Absolutely. So those those qu- you can never ask your qu- yourself those questions enough. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. one more thing. There is a podcast that I enjoy listening to. It's called Hey Girl by Alex mm-hmm. L. I just love that podcast. Um, she has so many different creatives on there discussing their well-being, their mental health, their journeys, and I always love find that. gems. Always. Yeah, I'll um, check it out. So that was another good one. Awesome. 
So tell our listeners, um, you know, about your practice and where they can find you online. Yes, yes, yes. So my practice is Honor Your Process Counseling, PLLC. Um, if you want to find me, you can go to my website and it's hypcounseling.com. HYP stands for Honor Your Process. And that was just too long to type out. So it's hypcounseling.com. <laughs> you can always find me there. Um, I'm on Facebook at HYP Counseling and I'm also on Instagram. Instagram at HYP Counseling. So you can follow me here. Yeah, well, it was certainly a joy to have you today. I'm so thank you, Brian. Uh, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. And um, I look forward to all of the all the other additional work we're going to do together. I know, so I know. thank you so much for accepting my invite. You are more invite. than welcome. You are more than welcome. I had a great time. And, you know, we will get back to our walks and talks. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on socials, and leave us a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can check out our new website at www.hersexualspace.com or you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Her Sexual Space and Her Sexual Space Podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Bye.